Welcome to another episode of the Mad Black Dad Podcast. Today we'll be joined by a content creator by the name of Trust the Vision. He's a dad, streamer, and best cosplayer. We talk about co-parenting, getting our kids into gaming, and it hits with a question that really challenges me. I had a couple tech issues, so we lost about half of the conversation, but I still got plenty of good content. And, and everyone's kind of looking for that justification to make my story valid so that you care about it but in reality you don't need people to to feel bad for you you need them to show empathy and that's not something that most people can do just just relate even if it didn't happen to you just understand that there's some things about life you can't explain and people i don't I, know how to show empathy yeah. people don't know how and i think that's mm-hmm. in part because they weren't shown how um True. so i think about my mother Mm-hmm. Um, and her relationship, not just with me, but also my sister and some mm-hmm. of her siblings. Um, I'm like, man, that's tough. And then you look at my grandmother, and God bless her. Mm-hmm. You know, she don't always show that much empathy either. So it's like, okay, so here's the direct line, right? Okay, so you were hard on your kids for whatever reason. You know, it could be systemic issues. Uh, personal issues, whatever, you were not able to extend this thing, empathy to your kids. Mm-hmm. And now they have kids and they're not extending empathy to their kids, which would be me and my cousins. Um, mm-hmm. So now we get to this point where all of us are like, that's not right. That's not right. And that's not right. And looking at us like, well, what the fuck you talking about? I'm like, Y'all are wrong, or you know, you come off as wrong, or you're not showing any empathy, or you act like you don't care. All of these things are like synonyms in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, mm-mm. so like we had this really, we had this really big family issue. Okay. Um, and a family member went to jail over it. Mm-hmm. I called my uncle. And, you know, I'm trying to explain to him, hey, did you hear what happened? This is what happened. And then he had jokes. And I'm like, no, this this isn't a joke. It, like, this is serious. Mm-hmm. And then once I said that, he's like, oh, well, what you like? You know, now he wants more information. I'm like, but you led with a joke. And then after I gave him the additional information, he was like, mm. so when you coming over, I'm like, well, how did you just wash off, wash over that? Like, no, <laughs> no. That's <laughs> and so I talked to his daughter, my cousin. She was like, "Yo, mama, him, everybody else in that generation." They literally just might not have the ability or the capacity to go that deep. Mm-hmm. And once she said that, I was like. No, that that makes a lot of sense. I can believe it. And it started connecting other dots, like mm-hmm. with you know, relationships now. And I'm like, no, this is what I need. And I think this is what we need. Right. But you're as of now, it does not seem like you're literally able to do that. And that creates an impasse for us where I have to that's when my light went off. It's like, oh, okay. This is what it's gonna be. Bro, I am always trying to be the hundredth monkey. Are you familiar with the concept? With what? The hundredth monkey. 
No, I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> so back in the day where, you know, we was very, very familiar with uh, dropping atomic bombs and stuff, right? Oh, it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't, right, right. So this is more, more of a thing. Uh, they used to bomb islands because, of course, they did. And but they want to see if life will be sustainable uh, after you bomb it. Uh, so what they did is they put a bunch of monkeys on an island and they wanted to see if they could live. So what would happen is they eventually found the coconuts that was on the trees, but they was getting sick and dying off due to radio due to um radiation from the coconuts, because of course it would, right? Right. So what they did is they took one monkey, they showed it how to wash the coconut before consuming it. To avoid getting sick, and they mm-hmm. just placed it back in with, with the rest of them. So you have this one monkey taking a coconut, washing it off, and eating it. And that monkey was seen as weird, not with everybody else, seen as an outcast at first. Mm-hmm. But it took an, it took one person, I'm not like one one additional one, but like, you know what? I'm gonna try that too. It seems he seems to be all right over there. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot. So then you got two people doing it. Then four, five, ten. And you keep going until you get to 99. And then when that last one, the hundredth monkey does it, Uh they all start doing the same thing in unison. Where they Uh all came to the conclusion that this is the best outcome because it was enough of a dent in our society to prove that this is right. No one had to tell them that. No one had to remove them from their families to educate them, they all got the memo at the same time. Mm. And I feel like the hardest part in life is trying to understand where you provide impact at. Yeah. And because you never know what actually sinks into people's mind. You don't know if it's like one line, if it's everything you said, if it's just one word, a mannerism, you don't know what impacts people. But yeah. I'm all, my personal goal is to always be the hundredth monkey so that I can then create a wave that would then change stuff. But you don't know what it is. You don't know what's going to be what actually creates that trigger, but you you want to attempt. And I feel like if people just have been tried, that would be worth it. I think it would, but you know, when you're talking about like breaking from the norm, mm-hmm. um, nobody wants to be the first one over the hill. You know, like, you know, we know what's on the other side, like, oh, this could just be a cliff and crash and burn and everybody else is fine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But sometimes when you are courageous enough to be the first one over the hill, you, you know, you might strike gold and you see like this. No, this way is definitely better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think about that in terms of like parenting. I think that in terms of like you know mental health, uh, something like this. Like you know, men don't have this type of space, these mm-hmm. type of you know conversations. Um, by and large, you know, right. we see that there are, there are people creating pockets where we can not like start doing this. But it took the first one to be like, oh no, I'm gonna have this honest conversation with this other man that I may or may not know. Cause like I've done this with mm-hmm. some friends, but like, you know, we know each other, but we're not like, you know, familiar. So it's like, and everybody's like, oh no, this is a good idea. I'm like, yeah, I know, but somebody has to be the first one to do it and mm-hmm. run that risk and take those L's and the bumps and bruises that come along with. Um, and you know, I think that's how we move 
and you get other people want to do it. And next thing you know, now it's not just one quote unquote mad black dad, but it's all of us that are mad, but also trying to heal and, and doing this work and raising, you know, healthy children and living healthy lives. Mm -hmm. I think um, if you really think about it, everyone nowadays wants to be the first one to do blank, but they're doing it for the wrong reasons. Mm, that's true too. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who want the credit for saying I did this first, even if they didn't, they want that acknowledgement. Look at what I did. Do you see my backpack? But, but, but dude, there are so many sad backpacks in the world. You have no idea. Do you? <laughs> wait, wait. Okay. Okay. Pause. Are you familiar with my scene of the sad backpack? Would you like to know what the sad backpack is? Since you're you're an educator, you're in the school system. I've never used my backpack as an analogy. Okay, so all right, repeat this, repeat this. First day of school, you see a bunch of kids coming in with a bunch of new things. People are really excited to show off their shoes, their new pencil, their whatever it is they got going on. And it's that one kid that has like the awesome backpack and everyone knows it. Everyone's like, oh man, your backpack looks awesome. Mm. Like, 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 like who, like who, who is it? Who, who, who? They're excited to explain it. And they're like, man, this backpack made me get recognized. So what they do is they bring, they keep bringing the backpack and each day, the effectiveness of the backpack by itself is getting less and less, you know, yeah. versus, you know, instead of all the kids, it's most of the kids and some of the kids until eventually nobody really cares. You got this new backpack, but you remember how you felt when you had the, the recognition of everyone. So that same kid will start coming to school instead of them wearing it traditionally, maybe now they have it in the front. So mm. they're like, look at my backpack. You see this backpack? You remember how cool it is? Look at how many ways I can wear it. Yeah. The next day they're doing a single strap. And the next day they're holding it from the top of their hand. They're trying to preserve that effectiveness of being seen because mm -hmm. they know what it feels like. And until eventually people don't care anymore about your backpack and the only one that should care is you. Some people that's enough and others that isn't. I define the sad backpack as how I look at people where you bring your problems and your situations to every corner, every dialogue you have, because you can't let this go. You must present this in every social circle so that everyone can acknowledge your problems or your backpack. And yeah. eventually only you are going to be the only one that cares about it. So what do you do then? So I call people sad backpacks. It's my nice way of, of letting people know when, when they are coming around and they are, um, and, and everyone has people like that. Well, you just, you know, this person is going to come and complain about the same thing because they always come and complain about the same thing. Mm -hmm. They always bring up the fact that the reason why they can't get over is because of woo, 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 woo. we know this already. Like everyone has that in their self. Everyone has one. Everyone got at least one yeah. like that. And it's not good enough to talk to them because it's what they're going through is their process. Mm. But some people genuinely are like Debbie Downers, not because they're sad, but because that's the way they're used to getting attention. Right. They're used to, like used to being seen. It's like just being a perpetual victim. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not cute. 
So, so. Uh, it's rarely <laughs> cute. It's rarely <laughs> cute. Uh, no, I, so, I cannot. So, yeah. It's rarely cute. Like, okay, you caught me once. That's right. I'm like, okay, I, 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 see a, I see a pending trend here. Mm-hmm. But that third time, like, oh, okay, no, this is just what you do. That's mm-hmm. a bet. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, bro. And I don't like putting people in a box like that, but it does help me. And that's how we do. We got to mm-hmm. categorize things. I'm like, okay, that's who you are. Mm-hmm. I'm going to spit you, you know, here's a little positivity. I want you to take that around with it. I hope you got room for it. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Positivity. Positivity is something that I try to bring everywhere. I used to wonder how people used to be able to smile all the time <clears throat> because, you know, like, Everyone's living life like what? What is that to be happy for all the time? Like it's so much stuff going on. You can walk around the corner and find something to be absolutely irate and depressed about. Mm-hmm. But I have now recently started smiling, but less of an armor, and more mm-hmm. of because that's my energy. Mm-hmm. I try to reflect my energy onto others because if you've if you ever been in any type of social circle. And you guys are out and about and you're having fun. What's the first thing that people do when they see and hear you having fun? They watch. Mm-hmm. They, wanna, why are they so happy? They want, why, what's, going what, on? what's the happy over here? What, mm-hmm. what, what, what is the happy? And so they sometimes, sometimes people are like, that's enough to just watch somebody else be happy. Others want that same thing. So, you know, they're like, well, well, I can be happy too. But they don't know what we're actually happy about. It could be something that has nothing to do with right now. Mm-hmm. But we're all having a good time and we're happy and you notice it. So yeah. I, I, I try to, you know, present that to people I know. So, and there's a lot of people who don't like that I'm not bummy like them. Mm. Sorry to that person. But it's important enough to say what you mean and mean what you say. Yeah. Because somebody's always watching. I have resting mad face. Do you? <laughs> yes. I can't control it. My wife, what? what's wrong? What's wrong? Nothing's wrong. I'm okay. But I, I, I admit I have resting mad face. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm rarely ever like actually angry. Um but I through yoga, which I don't practice, but I try. Mm-hmm. Um they tell you to like smile with all of your pose, like even through this stressful position mm-hmm. that's challenging you and it's stretching you in a way that's really uncomfortable. If you can smile through it, it makes that experience, you know, a little bit more enjoyable. Um, and you know, you're finding the the positivity, you're finding the goodness in it. And I'm like, okay, so if I could smile through like a physically stressful situation. Mm-hmm. What happens if I'm able to smile through an emotionally stressful situation or a mentally stressful situation? So, like, if we're walking in the hallway or you see me out in public and I just have like this grimace on, that's just my face. But if you start talking to me, I lighten mm-hmm. up quickly because I'm I'm super friendly. I'm kind of bubbly, you know. So, and mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you, are, it, is that hip hop? Like, is that man? Can you can you <laughs> a bubbly man? <laughs> No, uh, okay. Uh, into being sassy, you know. <laughs> the, the word I define myself as is eccentric. Okay. I am I am an eccentric individual because I like dope stuff. All these things that I find is dope. Like fair. It may not it may not look becoming half of the time, but you also can't define what makes me happy. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me who makes me happy. 
what mm-hmm. makes me happy and how mm-hmm. they make me happy. You can only watch, observe, and assist when you can. I don't know if you ever had a friend that like you're just watching the downward spiral happen and you're just like, man, it's like everyone knows where this is going to end but you. Everyone knows the ending of this story but you, but you can't mm-hmm. tell them any differently because mm-hmm. they don't see it. I had a friend like that. We are, mm-hmm. I wouldn't call us friends anymore, but I know exactly who he is. I can give you his Instagram right now. Things went south, south yeah. very fast. And all of us, friends, family, we all watched it and we all warned him, like, you you got to change. Like, this cannot keep up. Mm-hmm. And he got locked up. And he's out now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what, you know, how that's affected his life, but I imagine it's much more challenging than it could have been. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just watch him. And it got to a point where it's like, I can't do nothing else. If you don't want to do it, I absolutely can't do it because it's yours. Mm, I feel like um, to be able to look at someone and just you feel like you can identify their story just based off of looks. Mm. It's so 2023. Oh, <laughs> listen, um, there used to be a point where you would never know how people felt despite asking them, despite trying to talk to them and getting them to just admit it. Mm-hmm. And now we're in the age of if you don't do that, Something's wrong with you because you're suppressing. You're, 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 you're not express. You're not letting it out. It, it's going to be bottled up and it's going to be dangerous. There is no right answer for what is right. Everything is subjective, and I, and I feel like once when you accept something as being subjective, you know that it always changes and it doesn't always make sense. It's based off of how you feel. Because I work in the space of mental health, I know about this gray area, mm. right? But mm-hmm. it's so many people that live in this black and white space. It's like it, it, it may not. There's more than one, you know, right answer, but there's definitely wrong answers, you know. And that's what people like just kind of struggle to deal with. Like, okay, no, I, you don't have to take route A. You could definitely take route B or C or D and be just as fine. But if you do EFG, you will. <laughs> it's gonna end bad. Grodinger's cat. That's that's actually that's the most simplistic answer for. Are you familiar with Schrodinger's cat? I don't know none of these proverbs and now. <laughs> okay, keep no, no. I, I'm <laughs> old for three. I'm old for three. I don't know this shit. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Listen, only only because I practice in explaining things the correct way, and then I practice explaining things the relatable way. They are not always the same thing. Facts. Schrodinger's cat. It's based off an experiment where a dude put poison in a glass vial and a cat in a box and left it there. Right? Okay. I'm paraphrasing like a mug, but... I mean, no, no, no. This this makes sense, though. Yeah, I can see a, a middle-aged uh, Anglo-Saxon man doing this type of experiment. Right. So you do that, and... What happens to the cat? I guess eventually it's going to open up the vial or, and take the poison. Well, that's the thing. When you leave the room and you know that there's endless possibilities, whatever it is you think is the right answer is the right answer. Mm. 
because there's no way for you to know unless you physically go back and you find out. But that's not how life works. If there's a box and it's unopened, it remains unopened to you. To someone else, they could come in and they could see that the cat's you know, face first dead. You can see that the glass vial is just sitting there. Mm-hmm. You can see, you know, maybe the cat just got out the box. Yeah. You don't know. Whatever it is that you think is the correct answer in that situation is. Fair. And that's Schrodinger's cat. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yay! And, uh, learn a new thing. <laughs> Yay! Learn, learn oh, something useless God. every day. <laughs> no, it that was matters, a good one. Bro. That was a good one. It, it, it matters, matters a lot. Bro. That was a good one. Um, so we're gonna take a pivot. Yeah. Um, you had talked about you know people cannot dictate what makes you happy mm-hmm. and things like that, and I want to talk about cosplay. And not just the fact that you, not just the fact that you do it, and but how it relates to like parenting. Have you? Does your son is he aware or to you know as much as a three year old is about your cosplay? He's aware that Daddy dresses up. He thinks it's fantastic. He thinks that it's cool because I'm happy doing it. He sees sees that I'm happy doing it is something Mm -hmm. I want to do. That mm-hmm. makes him want to do it. Ah. To do it with me. And it's such a great feeling to be something else. And he's like, that's my dad. Yeah. To him, that's my dad. And that's mm-hmm. always going to be my dad. He just looks like this. And I've, I've recently cosplayed, bro. Like, I've, I've been doing it. I've been out here, you know, just, just a little bit. I'm yeah, trying yeah. to get used to it. Um, But the ability to change appearances, to mm-hmm. be something else, to parade as something you appreciate, to show homage to it. Is that not what we do in real life every day where you try to create an appearance that looks appealing to somebody else or find people who get it? Yeah, so that, that is exactly cool. what we do, for better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> right. For better or worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so have y'all done one together? Not yet. He's not not yet. And the only reason why we haven't done one together yet is because he doesn't have like outside of puppy dog pals and bluey, he doesn't have like a real something that he wants to dress up as. Like my dog, my dog wants to be a puppy dog pal and and I can't be Jim. I'm sorry, I can't I can't be Bob. I can't be Bob and I can't be the other puppy dog pal, buddy. I'm too big for that. I can't I can't physically do that, but I will support you. And allow you to be whatever it is your imagination lets you be, because I will not kill your dream. Mm. And we don't talk about in terms of like why does it look so damn dark outside? Never mind. Um, <laughs> we don't talk about that enough with black men and black boys. Um, mm. The space of like anime cosplay, not the same thing. Can intersect mm. um, in things that are not like quote unquote typical for like black boys to do. Uh, and I'm really excited that you are empowering him to like, okay, well, this is going to be cosplay or this is going to be Paw Patrol and you could be Chase and I'm not going to be Rocky. Mm-hmm. I used to watch him, but <laughs> I am going to let you be as Chase as you be. 
And I think that's important. Because, I mean, I mean, it's really all Halloween is. It's like one day where you get to dress up and, you know, pretend and, and you know, uh, be this other person, this other figure, this other um, character for however long you decide to do it. It's really Halloween. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, but now what you have is like on a deeper level. But out in other spaces, there is no space for black boys or black men to do this type of thing. So I guess, mm-hmm. when did you find comfort, I guess, going against the stereotypical grain uh, to do cosplay? When I told myself I would never be the smartest person in the room. Mm-hmm. So peep this, right? <laughs> I had to tell myself I would never be the smartest person in the room because I technically can't be because I accept people and what they are. A lot of there are a lot of people who are smarter than me that I interact with day in and day out. Mm-hmm. But what makes me great, not just good, but great, is that I know that. Um, mm-hmm. So what I yeah. So what I do is I encourage people to flourish at what they're good at, and I try to make sure that they feel good about being good at it. Um, feeling secure in black spaces is hard, bro. Like, is I didn't start getting accepted into black spaces until I became an adult and I grew up mm. because I, I, man, look, adulting's hard. Yeah. Being a kid's hard too. Um, yeah. kids, kids are mean. <laughs> so I never had that. I never had that. Like growing up with a gang of people that all was like the same as me. No, I didn't find that until adulthood. Um, mm-hmm. But I was, you know, when I played football, I was also in the choir. That was seen as abstract. I used to be the mascot. That was abstract. How are you I, abstract? I mean, how are you mascot and on the field? Oh, um, certain certain points in high school. When I wasn't playing uh, varsity, I, I could be, um, oh, I could okay. be mascot for the junior varsity team. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, bro. I, bro, I was multitasking. I hit like my big really? cell. My big cell. Listen, I'm six three, brother, and I actively will tell people that so that you're not surprised. And I'm still rubbing up on people the wrong way, where they're like, "You're not six three and, and then they see you and they're like, "Oh, you. Oh, 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 oh you actually six three Uh, I bring, I bring myself everywhere I go, and that sounds weird. But it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> so here's here's the thing. I bring myself everywhere I go because no matter where I go, myself is in shotgun. I'm always having a conversation with myself and getting a sense of self so that I can present myself to people I know. Um, because sometimes you will show people the representative who ain't you. Your representative thing don't know anything about you. They're just they're just here to be presentable. They're here to be accepted by whatever it is that you're around. And for me, I can feel the difference. I I know when I'm not being genuine. I know when I'm not being myself. And so I can't do it. And I've tried. I can't fake it. It's just hard. So I just learned to bring myself everywhere I go. If I like something, cool. If I don't like it, cool. But for better, for worse. I am who I am. Yeah. So it's hard, bro. Like I, I stopped trying to do things for people's acceptance a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, gain popularity. And and the way how life works. Like when I stopped yeah. caring, 
was when people started caring. And I'm like, I hate that for me. <laughs> but I love that for you because now because you are being yourself, yeah. you're living this authentic life, and now you're getting the, the the approval. Not that you were looking for it at all, but mm-hmm. now you're getting this positive reinforcement like, oh, no, this works. I can be myself. And people dig it. Yeah. So you're surprised. And now, you know, as you get older, you're like, well, I can continue to be myself because, you know, even if you don't like it, somebody else will. Because mm-hmm. that's been proven time and time again. And you can't be you can't be for everybody anyway. You know, that's when things get uncomfortable. But everybody like, you know, something gotta be up if everybody like it. I'm I'm always myself. I'm I'm a wrestling fan. Listen, I got Roman Reigns on the shirt right now, brother. I I am I've always been a wrestling fan, and Mm -hmm. that was never popular when we were kids. Either where where not if Florida wasn't popular, it wasn't popular to kids who wasn't into it because it was more popular to make fun of the kid who was into wrestling, even though they all looked at wrestling. Everyone looked at wrestling. wrestling, but everyone didn't admit that, bro. So now that I'm an adult, I'm seeing those same people who used to make fun of you. They in front row seats. They're in the crowd. They got their signs up. And it's like, where was that energy when you was making fun of me, telling me that I, you know, that I didn't know how to grow up or that wrestling was fake. And you're out here celebrating and loving it and everything. And it wasn't wasn't wrestling for me. Everybody mm-hmm. was wrestling. I got into it. I got out of it around mm-hmm. the time that they dropped the WWF and went to WWE. Okay. Um, but that's also at a point where I had saw somebody did like a report and they did like a documentary on basically missed the magic behind wrestling. And when I mm-hmm. saw that, I'm like, that that destroyed everything. So like mm-hmm. all the magic behind it, what made it like pop and made it real. I'm like, okay, I ain't even with this anymore. Not that it's I know the business of it all. Yeah, not that I see the business. That's not that's not cool, you know. Um, because like you see a power driver, like, oh, he really dropped him on his head. No, he mm-hmm. didn't. But that's okay. Like so, now that I'm like in my thirties, I'm like, oh no, it's still it's still fun because it's extremely athletic. But for me, um, the like in that correlation, it was anime. <laughs> okay. I can see that. Nobody, they thought it was weird. Why are you watching that? That's not real. Of course, it's not real. It's a cartoon, goddammit. But, mm. you know, they thought you were weird. And I'm not running down the hall with my hands behind my back, but I watch it. You know, no, I don't dress up, but I watch it. And if you start talking and I catch something that I know, I'm going to talk about it. But, you know, so, you know, you call the nerd and you do all the stuff. But now, now mm. ESPN and Bleacher Report are making a whole fake anime with their with the players and all this other stuff. And I'm like, you see edits with Steph Curry and LeBron turning into Super Saiyans. And I'm like, now I'd be damned. I really could have used a Super Saiyan Michael Jordan. Right. But didn't have it. Oh, because it was weird back then. Or at least that's how they try to paint it. But now maybe it's because all the people that was watching it back then are now the making the designs and the edits now. It's like, well, no, this is coming with me. Right. And, you know, so it's like now it's kind of cool in certain spaces. But most black kids, at least when I was growing up, wasn't watching it. He was called a weirdo if we did. True. 
true. So things have a way of coming all the way back around. Mm-hmm. I find it funny. Um, what? Okay, well, I want to ask you a question about the cosplay thing. Yeah. Have you ever cosplayed before? No. And I'm going to tell you exactly why. <laughs> One, never really was that interested in it, and that's fine. But um, I was in undergrad, and I was going through a time where I decided I'm going to grow my hair out. So I had a big old afro. Well, it wasn't that big. It was about a medium afro, but enough that like mm-hmm. it held its own shape. And somebody looked at me and said, oh, you should cosplay as uh, Zaz from Final Fantasy thirteen. Mm. And I played Final Fantasy 13, but I uh Final Fantasy, but I hadn't grabbed 13 and I grabbed 13 because I wanted it anyway. And I said, him? No, I will not. You, you're the not about talking to black guy in, in the game. Exactly. It, like, no, I'm not gonna do that. And I'm like, nope, not gonna do it, never gonna do it. I don't even like dressing up anyway, but because that's now your correlation for me, no. Mm. I don't even dress up for Halloween. So <laughs> I can tell you the ones uh, that I've done, and there's some that I'm working on. So, okay. and then we gotta, week, we gotta, we gotta, we're gonna, yeah. So, so like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just real quick. Um, have you ever played Final Fantasy VII? Of course. So I've been Barrett. Um, Bear is one of my favorite characters. Right, right. It's Even, an obvious choice, but I get it. No, 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 no. You think it's an obvious choice until you realize there aren't a lot of people who can pull out Barrett. There aren't a lot of people who actually look like Barrett that pick Barrett. They're just like, oh, he's black and that's fine. No, 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 no. I become Barrett. Because you're a 6'3 <laughs> black man <laughs> with, the, with the very similar makeup. Like, I can yeah. see they decided, you know what? We're going to make yeah. a live action movie. I can see you at the casting call trying to audition. Like, absolutely. Listen, that's man, 100 grand. So I've done that one. I've done um, Hank McCoy from X Men. Mm-hmm. I was all blue. I've um I'm working on Colossus, mm. retro Colossus. When we had like a little leotard and he's all silver things like that. Yeah. I'm working on Gimari from Final Fantasy X. That's a good blue one. person. Yeah. And the one that's gonna be like the kicker is gonna be Sabretooth. I'm working on Sabretooth. That's gonna be a really fire one. That one's gonna be a fun one. That's the one that I'm working out just so I can pull it out next year. So I know that like the obvious choice is like okay, where you picked a lot of people who are not Caucasian mm-hmm. or or fair skin. That's not to say that I wouldn't, mm-hmm. but for me, I become the character, and yeah. it's hard for me to represent something that I can't see myself as. I don't. Yeah. I, so like for those you know for every black, white, Asian, American, whatever it is, kid that wants to be clout, like you know like. Uh, cloud, that's fine. I'm not telling you if you see yourself as that, that's fine. Yeah. But I envision myself as what I envision myself as, and it has nothing to do with stereotypes or like skin deflections. Just I think that's cool, mm-hmm. and I, I like our people. So I'll add <laughs> everything black, <laughs> right? Black you know. and black adjacent. Listen, listen. At some point, we have to all black today, brother. Yeah. At some point. Well, look, I really appreciate you um, for coming on and having this chat with me, man. Uh, give everybody your socials how they can find you. Bro, listen, so on on the YouTube and on the Twitch.tv, I am Trust Division. That's pretty easy to find. On Twitter, 
I'm sorry, it's not Twitter no more. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I take it back. I'll take it back. I'll take it back. I'll take it back. It's X. It's X. Uh, you can find me at I'm the Vision, and in, in the the is T H A. So every time you just put in the Vision, I'll pop up anywhere. Even if you want to Google the word Blacktivate, you will also find me that way too. I pop up in many little little circuits, but you know, just overall, just come holla at your boy. All right, appreciate you, man. Appreciate the love, man. Anytime.